Welcome to the Honey Pot Podcast for Sweet Conversations. I'm your host, Carmen Hendricks, and I took the lid off the pot today for another special guest. Today we have the lovely Miss Yolanda Baker. Now before we get started, I want to ask you to please take the time to subscribe to the podcast, now available on several outlets, including iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Thanks to our fabulous listeners, the list keeps growing. By subscribing, you can join us in the pot weekly and receive notifications for all things Honey Pot. Now let's go ahead and introduce our guest, a mother of three who understands the importance of responsibility. Yoranda Baker focuses on success and family. She currently is a resident of North Carolina, relocating from Tarboro to Charlotte very soon. After enduring several painful experiences in life, Yoranda started the beautiful That's Me organization in 2015. Welcome to the pot, Yoranda. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for asking. We're so happy to have you here. Now, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners and viewers today that I didn't cover in your bio? Wow. Not that I can think of. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I can think of. Okay, so today I just want to kind of give everyone who is new to our podcast an overview of what we do. What we like to do is introduce people to the world, and we ask questions about you so that people can kind of get an insight on who you are, and that way they can put a face to the name, a face to the business, a face to the organization. And we often do authors, so you can have a face to the author of your favorite book. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Now, you endure personal struggles, which included a mate who was not contributing to the household. That also put bounce checks on your resume. Um, you had a prison sentence. Can you tell us about that and how it helped you become the person that you are today? Well, in 2010, I got what, a five-year probation sentence. Um, during them five years, you know, you have to pay money back and do things that the court report after everything in your life. Um, in 2014, I went back to court because I wasn't working, um, at that time and I had to pay money that I know I couldn't pay. So the judge ordered me to do my active sentence. My active sentence was three years. I went into the system in April of 2014. I went in there. I was scared to death. I cried like a baby and I realized that this is not where I want to be. I had nobody to call to say, can you come get me? Can you come get me? I don't want to be here. I mean, it was something I really had to face and realize, you know, I did it. And these are the consequences. Um, During that time, I talked to people. I ended up getting another attorney, and I went back to court. Um, During my time frame of going back to court, I became closer to God. I believe in God, 
and I have a strong faith in God. But I was one of the ones that I always go to him only when I need him. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got in trouble, then I run to him like, please help me, please let you get me out of this. I promise I won't do it no more. Um, and I had to learn that, okay, I, I, this is the only way I'm going to get out of this. So I started praying something my grandparents, my grandmother always told me, that's something that everybody should do. Pray, 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 pray. Me hard-headed. I prayed. I kept praying. I kept praying. And I was one of those ones, I pray I want to see something right then. I want to see a result in the next 10 minutes if I pray for something. But I learned to have patience. I learned to accept life more because somebody telling you when you can eat, go to sleep, what you can't eat, what you can't wear, it's not good. It's not comfortable. Um, I had my kids at home. They were missing me. I was missing them. I couldn't see them. I stayed incarcerated from April to October. I came home October the 2nd on my daughter's birthday after I went to court. I went to court and my prayers, I was was rewarded as they can say openly because after all my praying and being faithful, my three-year sentence when I went to court, I was never even supposed to have been in prison. Um, I was, everything was like wiped clean from me. I went back before the same judge that sent me to prison and he didn't understand why I was there. Um, I was scared to death, terrified of this man. Um, but he, he scratched my record clean in good favors. Um, he, you know, acknowledged that there was an error and I couldn't do nothing but just walk out and cry. People in the courtroom was clapping and happy, but I couldn't do nothing but cry because I know I supposed to do those three years. I know what my paperwork said when I saw it, it said three years and I only did seven months. I know that that was God because I supposed to have been there like probably just now coming home good to my kids and I came within seven months and then on top of that I got everything stretched off me. That's wonderful. You had a nursing you have a nursing degree as well. Um yes. you're, you're not practicing nursing. You went back to school and you um got a degree in medical building and coding and then you also have a pharmacy tech diploma. So Tell us about that. What are you doing and how you're using those degrees? By had the record, it was hard to stay as a nurse um, because they have, you can have charges, but they kind of label you. Even though it's a misdemeanor, you have to go through so much to explain yourself and the charge and this and that. Um, so now... I am currently a owner, part owner, to a home health company. Um, It's called Serenity Home Care. Um, I am the co-owner. I have a partner. I'm co-owner, and I am um, the director of it. Okay. So even though I couldn't use it, you know, I still stayed in the health field, but put it to good use elsewhere. 
Okay, so where is your company located? It's located in Dunn. It's a small town called Dunn, North Carolina. It's like maybe 15, 20 minutes, maybe longer from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Okay, so if anyone is interested in your services, then how would they be able to reach you? What would be their qualifications needed in order for them to come to your facility? We accept CNAs, personal care aides, RNs, LPNs, physical therapies, occupational therapies, um, hospice nurses. Um, I am on Facebook. Um, I am on Instagram. If you hit me through Facebook, through Messenger, I will get it. I am on LinkedIn. I am up there as well if you want to contact me. Okay, so we'll be sure to make sure that we include that information um, in the listing here so that people will be able to reach you because it's a wonderful thing to be able to turn your life around and, and be able to help other people. Even though you've gone through so much, you've persevered and you've, you've come out stronger. So I commend you for that. I commend you. Let me ask you this. You have a nonprofit, which is entitled Beautiful That's Me. Tell right. us about that organization. I started Beautiful That's Me in 2015. I actually came up with it in my living room. I have dealt with domestic violence, physical, physical and mental abuse. And a lot of people go through it and they're ashamed of it or they're scared to say they're going through it. They don't want to let nobody know they're going through it. And they just sit in their little shell and they don't do nothing but make the one that's hurting them happy. I've been that person that just sits there and just focus on making that person happy and not me happy. Or that person telling me, you know, I can't do this, you can't do that, or you got to do this and you got to do that. So I said, well, I want to let other women know that, you know, you don't have to have fancy car, nice house, long hair, diamond earrings. That, that's, that's nice, but your beauty comes from within. It's you. You know, don't let somebody destroy you or tear you down. My grandmother always told me, you can be the prettiest woman in the world, walking the streets with the nicest clothes, the baddest car, the most money, and your attitude will make you the ugliest person in the world. And I want women to look at it as everybody's beautiful. Your beauty comes from within. That person that's hurting you, they're not the so beautiful person. Don't let them destroy you or tear you down to make you think, you know, you're not beautiful or nobody don't want you because you got this and that going on. Because I've been through that. I've been through just sitting still and only dealing with that one person, making sure that person happy and not me. It took me a long time to come to the point where, okay, I need to make myself happy. I need to love myself first and then I can focus on loving somebody else. That's why I came up with the beautiful that's, that's me. And I said, I might can't help the world. I might can't help two, three hundred people, but as long as I just help one person, then I'm, I'm satisfied. As long as I can say I did help somebody, I'm satisfied.
Have you attempted to try to work with other organizations um, or partnership with some other organizations that have the same goal as you for your organization to help others in your community? Um, no, but I am working with a lady. I met her on Facebook through my godmother. She's having a girls empowerment um, in April. It's in Elizabeth City, and um, I'm going to go in and talk to the younger girls about fashion. My daughter is going to help me in that department because she helps me in my fashion department. So I'm going to tag her along with me because she's kind of into the fashion stuff. But I know she knows how to take something little and make you think that it's, oh, girl, you done paid a lot for that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take her. <laughs> Now, see, that's what I'm calling fashion on a budget. <laughs> Look, my mom, when I was younger, mom, I, I was like, I'm not spending a whole lot of money on clothes. Like, I just don't want to do that. I'd rather spend it on other things, you know. And I was like the $10 queen. <laughs> my mom would always say, I know you didn't spend more than $10 on that. Of course, I've gotten, I've, I'm different now. I still look for a bargain, though. But right. um, I'm all about taking something and turning it into, because I'm a do-it-yourselfer. So I'm all about taking something and turning it into something beautiful. And it has my touch, so it's something that I did, you know? So that's right. great to take to children. So let me ask, is your, your target audience children, like young women who are going into that relationship stage you know, trying to talk to them before they get into that? Or is it just everyone, all women, whether they've already started experiencing violence, whether mental or domestic? How, how, what is your target? It's, I target all women because I have family members that have been in a domestic relationship and my kids have friends that have been in a domestic relationship and they're teenagers. And they're all the same. They're in it, don't know how to get out of it, or they're in it and they feel like, you know, it's right. It's it's okay for him to do that to them. You know, it's 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 normal. They think it's normal for that person to do that and treat them that way. So I pretty much target all women, not just the grown women, pretty much all women, because it seems like nowadays everybody's in a relationship young old so i pretty much target all women so what can we expect from you this year other than the the new the event you were just speaking of what else can we expect from to see from you i'm praying that this one goes well um i've been looking into do another one um in the charlotte location i've been looking in that area to do one as well um and i'm also going to do one for, for the teenagers, uh, empowerment session just for the, the teenagers from maybe like ages 10 to 17 um, and get vendors to come in to do different things with them and give them encouraging words and things like that. So we're talking about children. There's something that's going on in the news right now that um, is kind of disturbing and it's disturbing because it's beginning to become norm. Um, we have the Kentucky shooting where two children have already been uh, 
pronounced as casualties, but several students have been injured. Um, what do you think, what are your thoughts on that? And how do you think that we as a community can combat that? I actually read it when I looked on your page because I hadn't seen anything about it. And when I saw it on your page, I was like, wow, why haven't seen this? Let that be a lesson to everybody. That means I'm the first to, <laughs> to post the news. Make sure you're watching my page. <laughs> I, so I, was, I mean, it's, I think us as parents need to come together more and be parents um, and stop being friends to our kids. I, t I have a 22-year-old daughter. I have a 17-year-old daughter and a 15-year-old son, and I tell mine all the time, I am not your friend. I'm the last person you want to call friend. And I see a lot of people there are they, they kids, friends. You know, they talk, hang out, club, smoke, drink. No. Mm -mm. I, I think they need to go back to the old school ways of being parents. Mm -hmm. And you know, kind of getting the parents, some of them need parenting, you know, skills because they're just, they, a parent might think, you know, that's cool that their child walk around with a gun and think it's cute. They walk around with guns and taking people's lives and pointing them, gang. I don't, I think that's far from cute. I think us as parents need to come together and be parents and not friends to our kids. There is a video of a little boy, I can't think of his name, but there's a little boy um, and there are several videos of him and he looks like he may be about five or six, something like that. He's still wearing a pamper though. I noticed that, but I mean grown. I'm not playing with you, mama. Mama, I'm not playing with you. You know, those are his words. Um, give me my sister. Give me my sister. And in another video, he was saying, I'm going to make you a salad. So he was standing on something in the kitchen with some lettuce. And I think he might have had some cheese or whatever. And she's recording him and having dialogue with him and going back and forth with him and laughing. And it's not cute because he was like, you know, I think he told her in that video, I'm not playing with you. Well, what do you mean? You're not playing with me. No, we're, I'm the adult. I told you to get down, leave my lettuce alone, get down and leave my lettuce alone. You know? And it's, it's, those type of situations that really make me wonder because at some point you have to understand that there are consequences to your actions. That's not saying go beat the child every chance you get. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that you have to discipline your children. And at some point you have to instill some type of, well, they have to know respect, you know? Mm-hmm. Kids these days yes. don't have respect for adults. There's another video that I saw, and it, it's just recirculating because I think it's actually from 2014, where there was a teacher that was in school. The little girl, you know, was flipped at the mouth. She said something she should not have said. The teacher walked outside. She called for support. They wouldn't come. She was telling them that the girl was walking back and forth. The girl took a book and threw the book at the teacher. The teacher, wow. the teacher attacked. 
you know, and I don't, and we don't know what the events were that led up to that. All we saw right. was from where she was calling for help and then the girl threw the book and she attacked. From there, it led to, you know, the parents saying, oh, well, we were shocked because we send the best child that we can to school, but we know that she has behavioral problems. Well, if she has behavioral problems, then that to me says a lot. One, she should be going to some type of alternative school because mm -hmm. you're disruptive and no, the other kids can't listen or learn. And two, you need to be taking more responsibility for this child's behavior and not just sending them to school for someone else to take responsibility for the child's behavior. Should the teacher have hit the child? Okay, no, we wanna try to keep adults from hitting children. But at some point, people have breaking points, you know? Right. And again, we don't know what the situation was. We don't know what led to that. We don't know how many days this happened or how many times this has happened to this teacher. We don't know what was said. All we know is what we saw in that clip. And I think people take, they take a situation and they will blow it out of proportion without really knowing all of the facts, mm -hmm. you know? But you expect <laughs> just to be Wonder Woman and Superman, not discipline children and take all this crap off of these kids who think that they are your friends and that they can talk to you any kind of way. And no, it starts with respect. So I agree with you on that. That's why I won't be a substitute teacher at my kid's school because me, I'm really scared. <laughs> I, I'm literally scared and I'm probably a parent. My, my kids are in high school and I know the people in the office see me three, four times a week maybe. And it's to the point where when I go to the school, they don't even have to ask me what's my kid's name. I tell them I need thing one and thing two, or I need thing one, or maybe just two. They automatically, you know, know. But I'm I'm terrified to be a, a substitute teacher and we have to deal with the attitudes of those kids and things that they do in school. And my kids have friends that come here, come to my home, and give me the most respect but don't give their parents in. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how can you respect me, but you don't respect, you know, your own parents. You don't respect, have no respect for your mom, but you come to my house and give me the most respect at all. And then when I see how they act with their parent, I'm like, okay, so that's your friend. Then I, I, I pretty much see why that's not your, your mother. That's your friend. Mm -hmm. So it's, I'm not my, I tell mine, I'm not your friend. Don't even classify me as a best friend, a homie. <laughs> I'm not your friend. <laughs> no. All the time, I'm not your friend. <laughs> I understand. Um, so I have another question for you. Based on everything that you've experienced in life, what is the one lesson that you want to teach everyone else those who you interact with for your organization i want to teach them i want them to teach them and to know that anything is possible anything just because somebody tell you you can't do this because of that you can't do this because of that or it ain't gonna work it ain't gonna do this it ain't gonna do that 
it can happen. I'm a witness. It can happen. You can do anything you put your mind to. And I'm still like learning because I will procrastinate, but I constantly have to tell myself, okay, I can do this. I can do it. If I, if I don't fail at doing it, I'm not going to succeed at it. So I, I at least have to attempt to do it. I, I pray and I do it. I read um, Steve Harvey's book, Jump. I think that's what it's called. He got one called Jump and Act Like a Success, Think Like a Success, something like that. Awesome books. When I read, finished reading those books, I felt like, okay, I can do anything I want to do. You know, I, I got this. I, I can do it. And I, I literally go back and look at those books from time to time. And I tell myself when I get scared or fearful, I can do it. I don't let nobody block me from my blessing. I'm learning to do it. If I don't, if I do it wrong, then I'm going to try it again until I get it right. If I do it and I don't understand it or I did it wrong, maybe I need to help and ask somebody to help me until I can get it right. But I want women to know that you can do anything you put your mind to. It's, it's possible. It's possible. You, you can do it. Don't stop. Just push forward until something happens. Well, you have um, an amazing story. And like you said, you were in jail from April through October. You were able, you were afraid, but you still overcame that. You went and took that and you turned that into a business and an organization. So I commend you for taking that leap of faith, praying, understanding that prayer works even though it may take a little longer than expected and really just kind of staying true to yourself so do you have any accountability partners that you uh, collaborate with to kind of help you stay on track I do my godmother is a minister I contact her often I have a best friend that's a minister I stay in contact with her often um I have a fiance that always encourages me and pushes me to, he won't let me say, I can't, I can't, I can't. That's like a word that's not in the vocabulary. So I keep contact with them at all times because I, I am human. So I do tell I do hear that devil playing in my head sometimes telling me, you know, you can't do this. You can't, you can't. So I, I keep encouraging people around me at all times. So I know that, you know, I can do this. I, I can do it because my parents aren't here anymore. So I, I know that even though I looked at my parents as my backbone, it's like now if I fall, it's like I'm just falling because my parents think it's there so if I keep going and keep going and they keep pushing me and encouraging me to go I'm gonna keep going because I know there's something good out of it and I'm I don't want to be sitting back years from now saying well what if I had did it then or 
why I didn't do this then? So I, I, I keep them like on speed dial <laughs> to kind of keep me focused. My godmother sends me encouraging text messages every day. She sends them through Facebook. She texts me, she calls me, and she always, she, her and my best friend keeps me lifted in prayer a lot. This is a question that I ask everyone. What does success look like to you? With what I've been through, to me, successful is being at peace. Peaceful. I'm in my right state of mind. I'm not dead. Nobody's not tearing me down. I'm just living the right way. Um, I look at it as peace. I'm, I'm more responsible for me, I guess I could say. I'm not dependent on nobody. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just I'm peaceful, I'm blessed, and thankful. That's success for me. All right, so now we're at um, a segment in the show where I ask, what's in the honeypot? And that means that I'm asking you what's on your music playlist because all of us get inspiration from something. I get mine from music. <laughs> so most people do. So what is on your music playlist? I've been listening to this song by Tamala Mann called Change Me. Um, I think it's on her new album, if I'm not mistaken. But it's one of those songs where, I don't know, it's just, I listen to it and it makes my skin crawl. <laughs> it's just, it's a very inspirational song. It really makes you think, because even though she's not singing a lot of words, but her main verse is change me. And she's asking the Lord to change her and be more like him. I mean, it's, it's one of those songs that you just put on repeat and just listen. And it, it sticks and it makes you think like, you know, really think like it's, I, I need to change. I need this is what I need to do for me. It's it's one of those songs. Okay. How can we find you? How can people find you? Tell us. You said you're on LinkedIn, you're on Facebook. Give us your handles so that we can find you. On Facebook, I am you miss B. On Instagram, I am you miss B. Um, my organization is Beautiful That's Me on Facebook. And it's linked to a group called Shades. Stop hiding and let your beauty shine. I am on Twitter. It's called BU True Beauty. Beautiful. That's me. Underscore 15 is Instagram. So I'll end here with my Carmenism. And that is when you want an answer to the important questions in life, stop look and listen. There are people around you who have been there and they can help you. It doesn't hurt to ask questions and let people know you need help. In the end, 
you may end up helping each other. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. We really appreciate you. And we will be looking forward to seeing what 2018 has in store for you. I want to thank our audience for taking the time to listen to the Honeypot Podcast today. I'm your host, Carmen Hendricks. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and like us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using the handle at Honeypot Podcast. You can also find me at CarmenHendricks.com. That does it for today's show. I'm putting the lid back on the pot. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.